I'm going to treat this morning a little differently. Um, and I'm asking God that I'm able to share this um, in a way it doesn't feel condemning, um, but it does convict. Um, Let me, let me start like this. Let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. Reading through the Bible, if you, if you aren't careful and you just read the Bible and the Holy Spirit's not there to instruct you or teach you as you're reading the Bible, and if you don't open yourself up when you're reading the Bible, how many, how many of you read, read accounts in the Bible and as you begin to read them, you can actually read through that account and because you've read it so many times or you've heard it preached on so many times or whatever that before you know it, you're through the account. You've already read it because your your mind is, is working is working probably 10 verses before your, before your mouth is when you're reading it. I mean, I don't know any other way to explain that. But while you're reading it, you go through it just so fast, you, you go, okay. That was good. And you wrap a Bible up, set it on a table, and you go on. You've done your devotion for the day. And, and I'm not saying, I'm not. I, I just want to, I, I want you to understand how, where I'm coming from this morning. Because not only reading, reading through Scripture like that and finding yourself blast through stuff, um, you, you get tied to a... Uh, a state of thinking and you don't really give it any thought um, reading a little bit this weekend I'm, I'm seeing that even in myself that there are times if, if we aren't careful we can be we can be tricked or led into an understanding that what we're doing is right in the in the eyes of the Lord, um, and what that ends up leading us to is is walking out our Christianity in a works lifestyle and a works mentality. Not I'm not saying that you're doing this religiously. You had to hear that first part we can be tricked and led into and we have to be so cautious as christian people um do you remember when david went not david but when samuel went to jesse's house and jesse presented all of his sons and when the first one come out Samuel was quick to grab the horn. He was ready to anoint that one. That was the big one, the strong one. The, he looked good. He, everything about him was perfect. And God said, I, I don't judge a man by his appearance. I judge him by his heart. And, we, and we've heard that, right? We, we've heard that and we've heard that. And, and we believe that. We, we say that to ourselves. You know, that it's, 
that God looks at our heart. God looks at our heart. God looks at our heart. But if we aren't careful, we begin to act out things that line up with Christianity that don't line up with our heart. Did you catch that? We have a tendency to act out our life and walk out our Christianity according to Christianity and not according to our heart. Basically, to explain it a little bit better, and I'm just going to talk to you all this morning. So if you're waiting for me to jump, I'm not going to jump and I'm not going to sweat most likely. Because I hurt. But we have a tendency to do things because it's the right thing to do. We have a tendency to respond because it's the right response. You know what I'm saying? You give me something, I say, man, thank you, I appreciate it. And your response is, because it's the right response. It's a trained response. And I fear that the church has gotten into that trained response. We go to church because it's the right thing to do. We sing songs because that's the right thing to do. Oh, and we pray because it's the right thing to do. We do our devotions because it's the right thing to do. Y'all with me? Are you you tracking with me? You're going to have to pay close attention. Um, and what I fear the most is that there will come a day when what we've done that was right wasn't right. And it's not so much that it wasn't right. It wasn't what we'd done. It was the way it was done. Let me help you a little bit more. We get mad at one another. Husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, fiancés. 
we get mad at one another one says i love you the right response is but our i love you too is just the right response it's not necessarily what's flowing because we had disagreement or we were upset and instead of me arguing with you i love you too just she hears that a lot look i i can say that i don't y'all can live in what you want to live in but i'm i'm i don't care i'll say it because i know i'm wrong in it but just to keep just to keep the heat down in the house Well, if you want to allow your ear to train your heart in that manner. But there, there is a different, there's a different thing about our responses when we are responding from our heart and not our head. How do you respond to God? And be cautious this morning. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to come and sit with you. And he may even ask you questions while I'm talking to you. But how is our response to God? Are we, are we responding because it's the right thing? Are we responding with the right thing in the wrong way? There's two guys in the Bible that I want to just, I'm going to use them as an example for you this morning. And I just want to talk to you for a minute. And uh, I'm hoping you'll get this and understand it but there was two guys and they done the same things they were set up the same way <laughs> shoot they were anointed by the same prophet for the same purpose But one lived his life out of what he did. And one lived his life out of the way that he would do it. I'm talking about Saul and I'm talking about David. Both were anointed kings by Samuel. Both, both were called to be the kings of Israel. Anointed by the same man of God. With the same intentions. And if you've got your Bibles. Let, let's, go, let's go to 1 Samuel. We'll go to 1 Samuel 13. 
And I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read you the whole chapters, but I would encourage you today in your reading or tomorrow this week in your reading to read the whole chapters of what we discussed this morning. But in first Samuel in first Samuel, in first Samuel chapter thirteen, you're gonna find that that Samuel or that Saul sacrifices before Samuel gets there. Samuel had told him that he had to get some stuff done, but do not sacrifice until I get here and I'll be I'll return in about 7 days I think it is. And well, Samuel didn't show in 7 days, so Saul took it upon himself and Saul sacrificed before Samuel came back. And verse 11, it said, and Samuel said, what have you done? This, this was not, so that you understand this, this was not the place of a king. This was the place of a prophet. And the high priest, which in that time that was him. But Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Mishmash, or Mishmash, then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. You know, some of us can read this and not see anything wrong with it. He offered up a sacrifice. It seems fair, right? He, he, he knew that the Philistines was getting ready to come down on him and the kingdom. And he had not yet made the sacrifice. So he felt compelled. I better do this now because if I don't, surely the Philistines are going to take us. Doesn't seem so bad. Until you start looking at it and you start hearing some of these words that he's telling Samuel. Samuel says, Saul, what have you done? Well, when I seen the people scattering, when I seen the people departing from me, and they were leaving me, I done it, I done it because of the people. I sacrificed because of the people. It was what they needed. It is what they wanted. So I felt compelled in order to maintain myself and my standard and my position for the people, I had to step in. So I done it for the people. I, I get, I done wrong. But I, I done it 
I've done it for the people. Go to 1 Samuel 15. Samuel and Saul and the Lord, they get by this incident and then the Lord sends Saul on another errand. Sends him on another mission. And he, wants, he sends him to the Amalekites and he says, I want you to go and utterly destroy the Amalekites and every living thing in the land. I want you to kill it all. Do away with it all. Samuel shows up on the scene. This is after everything had happened. And Samuel said, or wait, let me, let me back up. Let me go to verse 11 where this is talking about God. Now God's already, he's already seen Saul do one thing. He sends Saul to do something else. Now God has seen him do this. Look what God says. This is, this is a word I hope that God doesn't speak over me. He says, I greatly regret. This is, this is God talking to Samuel. And he says, I greatly regret. That I set up Saul as king. For he has turned back from following me. And has not performed my commandment. And it grieved Samuel. And he cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel then comes to Saul and. He's talking to, to Saul and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I'm in verse 13. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Now Samuel already knows in verse 11 that he didn't. But he killed everything. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep? In my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear. And Saul said they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord our God. I think there's something else there that we can probably look at. Hang on. Samuel's rebuke. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice.
verse 30. Then Saul says, I have sinned. Good so far. I have sinned. He's recognizing his sin to God. I have sinned. Yet. Well. I'm saved but. I went to church, but I have sinned, yet honor me now. He's asking Samuel to do the very thing that he's doing, and he's asking Samuel to honor him before the elders of my people and before Israel and return with me. That I may worship the Lord your God. He's wanting Samuel to set aside Samuel's or God's commandments to Samuel. God's calling to him. He's wanting him to set aside his thing too. He said if you'll just honor me now please just. I've sinned. Honor me before my people so that I can remain who I am in the eyes of my people. Honor me. Take take me and stand with me before the people so that the people will remember me I wonder how many things are we willing to go against so that people see us in a different light. How many of us are willing to sacrifice our relationship with God in order to have a relationship with people. See, I, I sit and look at this because I go, well, I wouldn't do that. That's not, ain't no way. That would be stupid to say, yeah, I want to say, it's crazy. Can I challenge you this morning? That most of us in here this morning do the very thing that we say we would not do. And if you'll just follow with me, this is not meant for condemnation. This is meant for, I just want to, I want to plow your heart if I can. So that the Holy Spirit can convict us. Because there, there's things about us. There's things about me. Well, I, can I, I'll, I'll help you so that you can sit and not be mad at me when you leave. Honestly, I don't care if you're mad. 
there are things that we do that we don't give second thought to because we're doing the right thing just not in the right way. And we don't even realize it. We don't realize it. Go to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Now this is this is where Nathan, this might be a good little a good little uh, thing to read. Second Samuel chapter twelve. We've got all day. I want to read this to you. Second Samuel chapter twelve, starting at verse one. Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and he said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flock and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom, and it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfarer man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused. And he said, Hey Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. And it shall restore fourfold for the lamb because it because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you. He's telling David that he is the rich man. He was the man that took from someone else. Yeah, let me read some more of this. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping, and you gave and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife. Y'all remember this, right? Y'all remember who, who this was? And he was peering over the balcony and seeing some hot woman. And he was, right? And he ended up taking her, right? And have killed him with the sword and the people of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me, and you have taken the wife of Uriah and the Hittite to be your wife. 
Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up adversity against you. I mean, God's being harsh here. God's letting him know that I am a just God. I am a righteous God. And what I've asked you to do, you've not done. So because of what you've not done, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will will raise up adversity against you from your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin and you shall not die now do you remember when all of this listen what david done appears to be just as bad if not worse than what saul had did do you agree with that i mean it we we would look at something like that and we would go whoa dude And still yet Saul had the kingdom tore from him and wasn't forgiven. But David was forgiven. Do you remember when When, when Samuel was, was weeping over Saul and he, he kept crying over Saul and crying over Saul. And God said, how much longer are you going to weep over a man that I have rejected? Yeah. Do you remember that? Now Saul wasn't dead. He wasn't crying over his death. He was weeping over Saul because Saul had been rejected by God. And, and God goes, why, why are you doing this? And how much longer are you going to do this? Because I've found a man who has a heart after my own heart. David was quick to say, wait a minute, I I sinned against God. Not against my brother, not against... Israel, not against the people. I sinned against God. There's things in our lives that we feel that though God has forgiven us because we go and we do it. Or we did it. And we ask God to forgive us and we move on. Even without a sense sometimes, I believe, even without a sense of feeling forgiveness. How many of you know that if God pulls himself away from you, you know a difference? There's a difference with the peace of God in the comfort of his presence and the anxiety away from God. In the absence. There's a difference. But see we have gotten. 
just eat this the way you're getting served. We have gotten to a place that our, our doing is the right thing. We sin. We've been taught to go and ask for forgiveness. Again. And yet our heart is still spun and woven into the same thing. And we go and we do again. And we ask for forgiveness. Yet our heart is still woven and in bondage to what we've been doing. And we go and we do it again and we ask for forgiveness. Because after all, we've been taught that if we ask God for forgiveness, He will forgive us. And that's what our life is predicated on in our Christendom. Yeah, there's grace. We're in a series. This isn't part of it. But we're in a series where grace once stood. Actually, this could probably be in that series, but we'll talk about that later, Tom. But the same two people anointed by the same one for the same job that have done the same thing, one's forgiven and one's not. I wonder how many of us ask yourself this question, am I Saul or am I David? Be honest with yourself this morning. Because we're going to read a couple of scriptures here in just a second that will probably cause you to go, forgot about that. Because see, there, there are times in our lives that, see, God loves you this much, that he will, he will press pause in your life and hit rewind and take you to a place to hit play again to remind you of the time that you did what you said I've never done. So that you can see again from a different perspective. So that you will realize the grace of God that is on your life. So that you will turn. And that you will repent. Not ask for forgiveness. But that you will repent. That you will turn away from free or flee from the devil. Flee from your sin. Flee. David's going, I've sinned against God. <laughs> Tommy, you wanted a title, When the Heart Speaks. Because see, there was a difference. It was, it was Saul's lips that were speaking. It was David's heart. And God does not look at man's appearance. It doesn't... To us, it looked like Saul might have said, oh no, I've sinned and okay, let's, let's, let's try to fix this. Let's, let's put some stuff together. Let's go to church now on Sunday and Wednesday. Oh, no, let's get even more holier and let's fast now for three days so that God will forgive us.
wonder how many of us have done that. You felt bad enough that you'd done wrong. So you were willing to punish yourself. So that he would forgive you of your sin. So now we have to take the place of Christ. Oh, and I'm not trying to ease this message up on you. I want it to burn. No, what you punish yourself for won't replace what Christ went through for you. But you deserve it. You deserve to punish yourself. You deserve to suffer just like he suffered. You deserve to die just like he died. But thankful for his grace. I don't have to go. I said you deserve it. We are, look. We all deserve it. We deserve absolutely no good in this life. Come on, in comparison, listen, I'm talking about I'm talking about the man that died for us. In comparison to him, we deserve absolutely nothing in this life. So if you came in this morning and you were holier than the one that you hugged at the door, this message is for you. If you're watching by Facebook or YouTube or whatever else that's out there right now, if you're watching this and you stayed at home because you decided, this message is for you. See, there's things in our life that we do and we set up things ahead of God or over top of or we prioritize things in our life. What if he would have prioritized himself over you? And right at the moment that he was getting ready to say, forgive them, and he says, kill them. Saul and Samuel in the same state of sin. They both sinned against God. And they both said, I sinned. And one decided we're going to do it this way. And the other one decided we was going to do it another way. And God pulls back. On the hammer just a little bit. Because see. Even David didn't get away with it. This is going to be scary. You thought you got away with it. God's grace doesn't. Condone. Our sin. Whatsoever a man soweth. Whatsoever 
a man soweth. Whatsoever. Disrespect. You sow it, you're going to reap it. Hate and discontent. If you sowed it, you're going to reap it. So many Christians nowadays, they come into church and they're so offended and high on their little horse and high on their little horse. Oxymoron. But doesn't that paint a beautiful picture? So high on their little horse. You're not as high as you think you are. But we'll sit in church and we are offended because we heard that somebody said. But you forgot. When you said. David. I could just, I could hear the sound of relief when, they, when, when Nathan looked at him and said, God's going to pull back Whew, on you. But your son, he's going to die. How many of you would agree that's probably worse? <laughs> and we, we think that God done him a favor I'm not sure that God pulled back. I'm not sure that God done him a favor. I'm, to me, that would be a little worse. I, I don't want to see my son die because of something I did. And if you're any kind of a parent, you wouldn't want to do that. So we, we've got two men. They're both set in the same place. They both have sinned against God and God's brought judgment to both. But Saul wasn't forgiven and David was. Because Saul was for And David was for God. David's heart just wanted to please God. Well, if he wanted to please him so much, Pastor, why did he do this and this? And this? Ask yourself the same question. That's right. That's right. If you love him so much, why do you do what you do? And do not... Please do me a favor. Do not get yourself in a mode of self-righteousness right now. Because you do the same thing that David did. How many of you in here would consider yourself even a close run to the Apostle Paul? Anybody? Anybody in here think you, you a close run with Apostle Paul? Okay. I'm, I mean a, a close run to who the Apostle Paul was being like the head dude. I mean, the Apostle Paul ran the church. He ran the church. 
See, it wasn't like we had 1,500 denominations. He ran the church. There was one denomination, and it was under God, period. And it was under Paul. And Paul, I, Paul cut you up with a letter. <laughs> While he in prison. But see, if we think that we are close run with him, even Paul said, I find myself doing what I should not do, and I find myself not doing what I should be doing. He called himself a wretched old man. But we will set in our self-righteousness thinking that we are better than and any time a pastor or any type of teaching comes out that will help us and call us back to a place at the cross, at the feet of the cross, at the feet of Christ, we want to reject it because we're better than that. And I want you to know this morning, you need, you need a reminder that you're no better We need the grace of God. Yes, we do. And we can't live without it. Oh, no, you can die without it, but you can't live without it. Because the Bible tells us that one that searches his life, or he'll lose it. The one who loses his life will find it. So if you're not looking for God... You're dying. And you can die without God's grace. But you can't live without it. See, I don't know about you. See, man, I... This thought hit me pretty strong yesterday, and I, I didn't know where to go with it, so I had to just get on my motorcycle and ride home. Who do you think you are? That you dare live a life that is not yours. You thought God created us so that we could come here and run amok? So that we could be a homosexual when we wanted to be? So that we could be a girl when we're a boy? So that we could be a boy when we're a girl? So that you can live in adultery? So that you can be a fornicator? So that you can be a liar? You, you really believe that God Almighty decided one day, He just had a thought. You know what, it's kind of boring, let me create humanity. I mean, that would probably fit because we are a mess. And I'm sure he's got sitcoms. Or, never mind, he probably doesn't. I wouldn't want to watch them. Not if I was him. Be kind of cool on our side, but not cool on his. He didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to just create you. You live however you want to live. Don't worry about nothing else. You do it the way you want to do it.
I mean, I punched in the chest, man. Who do you, who do you think you are? Tommy, go to Galatians 2.20. Who, who do you think you are? See, creation was never brought forth for your happiness and your enjoyment. Creation was sprung forth because of a purpose that God had, that his kingdom come, that his will be done, that he wanted to open up earth like it was opened up in heaven. And he says, I will create a man that will be the image of me. <laughs> you know, crazy picture. How would you women like to have a distorted mirror in your bathroom? So that when you put so that when you put your makeup on, instead of the person that you thought you were gonna see, y'all ever seen that one picture where it setting up one way, it looked like a princess? And you flip it, and it looks like an old raggedy woman. How would y'all like to have that mirror in your house? Maybe that's what God's looking at. Because I'm sure that when he looks at you and I, he doesn't see his intention. Oh, I'm... Hey, Christian, I'm talking to us now. I wonder how many of us are walking in an upright standing in God's eyes. This is why I had the preferences. Don't go looking at your works. Look at your heart. You still have hatred. You still have ill intent. You still have malicious thoughts. Perverted thoughts. Adulterous thoughts. Lying thoughts. Did I get all of them? We'll, we'll get some scripture. I'm sure we'll find it. Because every one of us walked in here this morning through those doors. With a part in us that's unpleasing that we will justify. I wonder how that must hurt God when we justify. But God, it's see, it's not, hear me, it's not that you committed adultery. It's that you think God has no play. God has no room. It's not that you lied. It's what you lied from. Why did you lie? 
because your heart's wicked. It's not that you're abusive to your spouse. It's from why? Maybe it's maybe it was a maybe it's an old anger, an old bitterness because of a betrayal and you're holding. Outburst of anger. Let me get up here so everybody can see in the back. I ain't got to speak it louder so they can hear. I just stand up here so everybody can see it in the back. I know, y'all just judge me. Oh, Pastor, he got anger issues. Uh-huh, and you got some stuff too. Don't let me put your stuff on the board. This morning's meant for you and him. See, we, we've got to get right in the eyes of God. And it's not what you're doing. Look, I don't, would you please hear me? I don't care how many times you come to church. It doesn't make you holy. I don't care how much money you put in a plate. It doesn't make you holy. I don't care how many elderly women you walk across the street. It doesn't make you holy. A lot of the things that we do are out of a act. And not out of a way. It's not what you do, it's why you do it. How you're doing it. Are you doing it out of a love and compassion in your heart? Or are you doing it because your daddy will hit you in the back of the head with a log if you didn't? I would imagine me and you, we'd get smacked in the back of the head if we didn't do certain things. And that's what this is all about this morning. Because I, I'm, I'm scared that too many of us are doing things because it appears and seems to be the right thing to do. And at the day of judgment, you and I will not have a chance to bring our legal pads and our calendars and our notebooks and our iPads. We're not going to have that opportunity to stand before God. And say... Well, I did. See, we've, we've got to get like David. We have to fear God so much that we're willing to repent before God, not before people. Me making you happy and me losing my soul is not worth it to me. It's just not worth it to me. When Christ died for me and he called my name on the cross, I still believe that to this day. I, I just... <laughs> that when he lifted up his head and he... He cried out that it was finished. I believe that in that agony and in that scream, my name was heard. And this is what happens when that takes place. 
I've been crucified with Christ. And the life I now live, it's not my own. But it's his. The one who died for me. And are we as Christian people truly living our life that way? See, you're going to think this is going to be harsh and this is going to be religious and this is going to be fanatical and this is going to be and this is going to be and this and I'm going to let you leave here thinking that this is going to be and this is going to be and this is going to be. The next time you go to put food in your mouth, who did you help during the day? Next time you go to speak harshly to your kids. The next time you go to say, I love you too. See, y'all don't, I put my life, my life's on display. And it, this is one of the hardest things. I don't care what people think of me personally. I care what people think about the God that I say that I serve through me. That's what bothers me. So when you think ill of me, I take it personally. Not for me, not for my sake, but I take it personally that I have misrepresented. See, you can live your life however you want to live your life, man, woman. <laughs> it's totally up to you i got to be politically correct in these days. It's ridiculous. Get over yourself. We're sons of God. And we'll also be the bride of Christ. <sighs> Never mind. Some might say that's part of the confusion. Um, I'm sorry. I told you I just want to talk to you all this morning. So, um. Tommy, go to Jeremiah 6. Now this is this is a discussion about the false prophets and and I don't want to be held accountable on this stuff to where I make it appear to make your salvation in Christianity appear to be something that it isn't. I don't want you to think that you can sin and get away with it. Um, I don't want you to think that um, well, here's a hard word for you. I don't want you to ever think that you can live in sin and God forgive you. What scripture say? There will come a day that God will turn you over. That's why I warn you now. 
see the sin that you live in today and you have been living in for the last 15 years? Is today your last day of that sin before God says, I've had enough. There's your ticket. We don't. Y'all better take a lot of this straight to heart. We have no fear for God anymore. It's just a life. I mean, after all, we're going to get up in the morning. All that stuff the pastor said. Today's Monday. It's a new day. I wonder how much anger God is holding back. I think the worst thing that you think is going to happen is going to be a thousand times worse. It's why I don't want to preach on tribulations because I could sit here and just get you so worked up, buddy. Oh, I drive you emotionally to the altar because you would fear what people would do to you and skin you alive and pour honey on your body and hang you for the flies and the bugs to come and eat you while you're living. Dip you in hot oil while you're still breathing. Crucify you upside down. Going through the lives of some of the apostles but that could be tribulation. You talk about persecution. This could be persecution. Could you imagine parents sitting in a room and watching as your children are mishandled and mistreated? All for the sake of you to deny Jesus Christ. You're going to deny him? Don't be so quick. Don't be so bold right now. It's easy to say, I'll never deny Jesus. And when you go outside, you'll deny. Everybody in here, I believe, denies him every day in some form or fashion. This is why I say this. Because somebody will use the Lord's name in vain and you won't stand for him. Because somebody will do some, some obscenity and some gesture and you won't stand for him. Somebody will talk filthy and dirty jokes and you won't stand for him. Somebody will go and mock the church and you won't stand for him. But you were holy on Sunday. And this is why I've got to, I've got to look at this because this is where the preachers come into play. And the preachers are saying things like this. The false prophets, they're, they're talking about this. They've also healed the hurt of my people slightly. Oh, I've come in and I've given you a good word for you today so that you feel better about yourself. And the whole time you're still busting hell wide open. You come in today and I don't approach your sin. I let you do however I know you're living in sin. And I let you live in sin and still sit here because after all, you're still giving to the church. These are the things that they're talking about that they're healing them slightly. Look. Look. 
saying peace, peace, where there is no peace. You can't have peace in your life without the conviction and the grace and the love of God in and on your life. There is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No. They were not all at shame. Nor did they know how to blush. Do you really understand? They're saying that the, these prophets in that time, these false prophets, they would commit an abomination to God and wouldn't even flinch. It would be like doing something so unfathomable in your mind and it not embarrass you. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall at the time I punish them. They shall be cast down says the Lord, I can't go there. You know, we used to have this little running thing that I cut them up and hurt them and you would love them and heal them. Let them bleed. It's better we see them in heaven with scars. Pastor went back to that hellfire and damnation preaching. I don't know what happened to him. Don't y'all let him go to church by himself no more. We don't know what he's doing. Getting convicted. That's what I'm doing. Getting convicted. And see, when you're convicted, now guess what? It's on you. Now it's on you. Can't, we can't go back and say, well, God, you never told me that. Yeah, he did when you got convicted. First Corinthians, Tom. Would you rather have somebody up here that it would heal you slightly? Or you want somebody to just come up here and just cut you up the hamstrings? Just. <laughs> Remember that? He was talking about cutting the horse's hamstrings. Because it took their strength away. Do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Did you know that? Did you know that the unrighteousness would not inherit the kingdom of God? Have you not read that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, 
nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covets, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. You are one of these. I know you do all the other things right. I really do. Most of y'all, man, if, if good people was a ticket into heaven, I believe a lot of you would go because you're good people. You're just good people. I mean, when, when, when time presses or when circumstances over, you're good people. You're there to help. You're, you're, you're there to, to fit a need. You're, you're, that, you're good people. But can I tell you that the good people bus has got a, it's got a, it's got a route to hell too. And most of those buses don't have no stopping points along. It's a straight, it's, it's that, what is that, that um, red eye. It's that red eye flight. Right? It's late and straight. Right? It gets you, it takes you straight down. I guess I'm talking about the same flight, right? They, it's, it's a direct flight. Ain't that? I would, you lost me when I went to the red eye flight. I said, it's like the. Jesus, I try. It is hard. It is hard. This isn't that good good Sunday morning message that you were anticipating this morning, was it? It wasn't one of those that you were. Man, I really hope that pastor tells me how bad of a Christian I am. I really hope that he just really just gets right down in there and just shows me. are you now listen God listen we cannot we cannot be Christians doing it we cannot do Christianity Christianity is a way it's not a do. And that way is pure obedience to God. Are you going to fail? Absolutely. You going to miss the mark? Yep. But guess what? Don't. See, anytime I do that, man, you, you lighten up. Feels a little better. Okay, so I am going to mess up and it's going to be okay because God's going to forgive me. I'm telling you now, we have taken the grace and the mercy of God. And we have used that to cover up. His righteousness. His sovereignty. 
his lordship. Because now, man, I wonder. I wonder how much more we would, we would do the way of Christianity if there was no grace. How many of you would have said what you said yesterday if there was no grace? Or thought what you thought yesterday if there was no grace? Or done what you done when you did it yesterday if there was no grace? So why do you do it now? Is it out of the lack of fear for God? But no, Pastor, you're talking about grace. I know I'm talking about grace, but you can't abuse it. See, it's like our friendship. You, you abuse my friendship so long. I, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I just can't. It's even in our relationship. You can't abuse my husband, husbandry, but for so long. Because eventually, the husband will be gone. Vice versa. I know you were thinking about it. See, that's the thing that you got to work on. But I, I know you was thinking of it. I can't abuse your wifing. Is it, what's the other word? How, how would you say that? It don't sound right, but I'm here with you. That's something that I would say for certain. That's why I checked it first. Because sooner or later, wife be gone. See the things. I'm telling you, this was all conviction. Some of the things that I thought of yesterday. Maybe brought back to my remembrance. I'm not, I'm not that good where I think about things. God, every once in a while, God, dude, stop. You barely passed high school. I'm going to help you. You're not that smart. Let me, let me open this book up for you. Wifery. So I can't, well, inquiring minds need to know. So we can't abuse the husbandry, and we can't abuse the wifery. Because eventually, they'll be gone. Eventually, you'll be in a relationship that's dead. Eventually, it will be an absence of marriage. Whew. That's why Christ and the church is the great mystery. Because no matter what you do with husband, wife, no, no matter what you do here, it displays this. And we can attach this with this every time. Watch it and listen. Look at it. See, when you mistreat your husband, when your husband mistreats the wife, it... see, you don't just go out and commit adultery on your spouse. You take somebody else with you. 
that didn't ask to go. Wash that down. So where was I at on husband and wife? And then Megan interrupted me. And she calls me to miss it. What happened? Ah. Girl, she's listening in church. So, such a proud father. Have you ever been in a place where you miss certain things? And you go, man, how I wish. And then it happens. And God takes you back to the occasions of what led up to what you're missing now. Let me kind of go a little deeper on it. Let me help you out a little bit. I wish there were those times that we would still y'all don't need to know all the intimate details I just wish there was those times but those times have grown afar now because of how they were nurtured See, you can't, can I give you all some marriage 101? Can y'all use any of this? Can y'all use any of this? You can't be telling your wife to get off you and leave you alone all the time. Husband, I don't care how tired you are. Your body is not your own. All right. Get on, I'm not, I'm tired, I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm busy, I'm tired, I don't feel good, I don't feel, leave me alone, got a headache. Why you got to bring personal stuff into it? Huh? Get off of me, quit touching me, leave me alone, I'm busy, I'm aggravated, I'm agitated, I got too much going on. And then one day it doesn't happen. And then you go, hey, baby, not right now. You take offense? See, y'all better than me and her. Y'all don't need any of this. This is, this is my marriage 101. Y'all don't need any of it. Y'all got it together, man. We should have listened to y'all a long time ago. I don't know why he acts like this. Well, how have you been acting? There's seed, time, and harvest. It may not instantly come back into your life. God may not slap you in the mouth, but he might smack you in the back of the head.
You want a loving relationship? Love in the relationship. Don't you use none of this against me. See, there's things that we... I told you, you can take marriage and put it here. Watch. Don't you go and say, God, why aren't you talking to me? When every time he wants to talk to you, you're in your sin. And you don't want. I know, I know. Man, it's hard to preach to a good crowd. It's hard, to, it's hard to preach to the righteous people and the holy people because they don't understand everything that you're saying, you know, when you're saying it. They, they have a hard time digging through and they go, I just, I, I'm not sure I'm catching on. Yeah, when you're in your sin and you know that you're in your sin, and you know that you're doing right now what is unpleasing to God. You're doing it right now in this very moment. And God is going, please. Or Holy Spirit, he, he, runs, he runs around the back. He was out back mowing your grass. And he was, well, anyway. He, he comes running around the house and says, hey, man, don't, don't. Man, no, 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 no. And you go, oh, stop, stop. You're not even supposed to be here. After all, I need earmuffs this morning in a bad way. After all, it's just a touch. It's just one. And you're wondering why God isn't constantly at your door. How many of you are going to keep going back to a friend's house that never opens? How many times are you go call a brother to go bike riding and they don't go? Eventually you're going to find another brother to go bike riding. To be fair, I canceled at 9.30 the night before. And I said, this is what I said. I think tomorrow I need to be doing church things. And this is the result. Aren't you glad that your pastor will sometimes just go and do some church things? I just wonder how many times we get convicted and we don't follow through. Because after all, Pastor, there's a scripture 
that says every day comes new mercy. My prayer for you this morning, righteous one, is that tomorrow comes. See, we want God to do it all. Now, he done it all. But we, see, see how this can get, we want God to do it all. We want God to make the first initial move. We want God to do all the talking. We want God to do all the doing. We want God to do all the supplying. We want God to do all the providing. We want God to give all the grace. We want God to give all the mercy. And in the meantime, we don't want to do anything. And some of us, man, we get so caught up in our weakness and we go, God, I don't understand why it's always got to happen to me. And you ain't first, you ain't went to God for the first 15 seconds and thanked him for anything in the past month that you've been going through the hell that you're in. Matter of fact, most of the time that you go to God is in vain. Good God! See, you thought it had to be the other words. No, it's when you call upon the efficiency of God's blood for a vain performance. You hear the JC word, man, it... That one runs up my spine, buddy, about as fast as the GD word. But it, I mean, it just. Why? Girl, girl, girl. Are we recording? We, we live? Lord, help us. I'm glad he ain't come this morning. Man, I'm glad you brought your boyfriend. <laughs> I was starting to like your boyfriend too. I just don't know that I'll ever see him back. <laughs> Girl! Y'all listen. Man, that... I've got to go back here. I got to. I've got to go back here. Because, see, here's the thing. As much as we don't like to be put on the spot, sometimes it takes us to be put on the spot to change. I know y'all don't like that kind of church. Y'all need that. We don't like to be. Uh-uh. We don't. We don't. We don't like. But can I tell you something? Now, don't you. Earmuffs. I don't mind other people correcting me. Other earmuffs. <laughs> Not her. But there's times in our life, man. Sometimes. 
some of the things we're doing right now as Christian people, we're doing it out of the works. And we don't realize it. And I'm not, I'm not saying that your works mentality, hear me, that's why I had to preference these two. It's not, it's not that you're doing it out of works on purpose. It's because you've been led to. It's because you've been deceived. Do you think Satan has a problem with you coming to church? He don't care if you come to church. Watch you. He walked in here with a couple of you. <laughs> he don't care. See, if you don't if you don't adhere to the Lord speaking and you don't try to change. Dude, he'll send, you to, he'll send you to church every Sunday. He'll give you just enough energy, just enough strength to get you there on Sunday and Wednesday. Just so long enough you can cause confusion and get called out in it and not return. I don't think I missed that because I didn't. See, I'm, I'm going to get harsh. I'm just going to get... If all I can do is stand before God... And there's one standing behind my wife and I that we have mentored and pastored. We done exactly what we said we would do it for. Yep. If you're soft, don't come. If you're worried about what's going to be preached from behind the pulpit... Don't come. Because I, listen, God's wanting a bride, not a whore. You can't be taking him for cheap dates. Looking good, coming to church on Sunday. I don't care where you got your shoes and your dress. I don't care if you brought a brown paper bag with your belongings rolled up in it and called it your pocketbook. None of that. Might, we can't take none of that. Girl, we can't take that with you. No way. Are you understanding? See, listen. Let me, let me, give, you, let me give you another example. As, as if yesterday's conviction session and learning session for me wasn't bad enough. Y'all thought I was preaching to y'all this morning. If it felt that way, I was. If you didn't feel it, that's between you and him. But I was definitely preaching to me because I've been doing it for the past several days now. I take my truck, filling it up with gas, fuel. You stand at the pump with me. Yeah, you, you know when you stick that nozzle on that truck. For some reason, we think we got a hole in the tank. 
or we, it, we, we compare it to the blessings of the Lord. It keeps going and going and going. Well, I'm sitting there putting fuel in my truck, and a man pulls up on the other side of the pump. Sir, excuse me. Oh, you'll like this one, David. Can you help a vet out? I love it when they throw the vet thing on me. I don't have nothing on my license plates or anything that shows I'm a vet, but I've got a weak spot for vets. But can you help a vet out? Dude, my stomach just went. I went, what do you need? I was going to do the right thing. What do you need? I need just enough money to get us from here. And I think, I'm trying to remember where he was going. That way somewhere. A good little piece off. It wasn't like across town. It was out of, out of the city room. Yeah. Walk in my truck. I got my little console. That's my giveaway in my console. I just, whatever changed, I go to Chick-fil-A or whatever. Change goes in there. It can be a five or a one or a ten, whatever. I just instead of putting it back in my wallet and having to put, I just throw it in here and go. And I use that. And that was my whole intention of that, is to give to needy people when they need it. Well, I go and I'm going to do the right thing. So I. God bless you, sir. That's what he said to me. You're still going. <laughs> Normally at the pump, I can get away with about a hundred. What are you trying to say? I was living in sin and I was getting punished. It went to 130. I went. Bleh. I said, all oh, because. And I have. I have to apologize. I don't know how much is in there. I just, it was a knot. That's all I can tell you. And I just said, here. I've done the right thing, so you can't judge me. <laughs> but I didn't do it the right way. And he did. For if you do any of this for the least of them, I ain't trying to get you to go out there and 
give all your money away. See, this has nothing to do with the material stuff. Dude, I care less if you ever give anybody a dollar. Care less. I can care less if you can speak in tongues of angels. Care less. I can care less if you speak in tongues from now until Jesus returns. Because if you don't have love, you have nothing. And it's by this they will know. (laughs) And how you love one another. I'm scared we're doing too many things that's right out of the wrong way. Oh, I want to serve, Pastor. See, you ain't been around but too long. You have no clue. She's seen it. She's been here a while. They've been here for a while. Been here for a while. Have no clue. Oh, I want to serve. Oh, the Lord told me that I need. Oh, and I want to be. And oh, can I do? And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because see, the, oh, by the way, oh, by Facebook, by you. Glad you stopped by. This is for you. You're hearing. Um, by the way, we're going to Tommy and Sean and whoever else is going to be involved with this, we are going to begin transitioning over to Gateway and we're going to hit the switch on the website and we're going to get a new sign and we're going to be what God originally called Debbie and I to be and not something to appease the people because the people will send me to hell. But we've always wanted to be a gateway See, you have an anointing, you have a gift, you have a call, you have a purpose. All we going to do is be a gateway for you to walk through. And I mean through, because they're going to have to walk through, and they're going to have to walk through flat-footed. And we're going to stand like the post at the gate. See, it'll be Jesus here, but we go stand as a book. There's going to be some things that are going to be the unforgiven, and it ain't going to happen. It's not going to come that way. There's going to be other things. Going to be, they're going to be stopped at the gate, and the head's going to shake, and they don't care if they stay or not. Nope. But when we see the love and the sincerity of God on somebody's life and in their heart, and they can actually, and they're actually displaying it. Not when I see them, when others see them, when only God sees them. And see, we've got to pray for discernment at this point, heavily. But in order for us to be gateway, we have to be a gate. And we've got to allow people to walk through with their anointings and their giftings so that you can flourish. Not not that you can just flourish because of their gifting. Well, 
<laughs> What's he got for me? What can Bryant possibly? He can probably teach you how to pedal a bike. Did you see that video I sent you? Wasn't that awesome? That dog was wide open. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but in order for us to flourish as a church, every gifting has to be a part. Yes. And guess what? Not everybody's going to be happy. Your problem. Your problem. If there ain't but four of us ministering to four of us, have a good life. I, we've got to do what we were called to do. And, and I've got to. Some of you will be pushed. Some of you will be drug. Some of you will be drug. Some of you will be asked, and you'll be okay with it. Some of you will be uncomfortable with it. Some of you will be corrected in it. Rebuked, reproved. It's, it's in here. Don't hate me for it. But we're going to go to that. And, and the reason why we're going to that... We've got a lot of work to do. And hear me on this. We have a lot of work to do in us. In us. Not the ones that's coming. In us. Because if we aren't ready for what's being brought, we will fail. So when you think you've done enough, you probably haven't. When you think you have nothing else left to do, you probably have more to do. When you think you're here enough, you probably ought to find a way to get here even more. When you think you give enough, you probably ought to find a way to give more. Pastor went there. Yep, I did. Can I, I can tell them. They need to know. They, they need to know. Look at the church. Just look around. Didn't take long, did it? I wanted to start singing, I have decided... <laughs> But what I was thinking was Debbie had decided. And I wanted to sing, I have decided. I've decided to follow Debbie. <laughs> um, we have decided to go ahead and re-up for two more years with this building. Um, because there's nothing that presents itself in a positive format um, for the church. So instead of going worse... We'll stay where we are. Um, this was for the sake of the one, because I knew Tommy would leave <laughs> if we decided to go back to a hotel. Tommy would have said, I'm packing up, moving out. And he would have backslid, and he would have been in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so we've decided that we're going to re-up here for two more years. Um, with that being said, um, I don't agree with the negotiations right now, but they've negotiated to be a little less than where we are now. With that being said, it costs a lot of money to run this church. Um, well, Pastor, how much could it really cost? I mean, we're only here Sunday and Wednesday, and I mean, after all, it costs a lot to run this church. The rent itself is, give me the number now. No, give me the number now. $6,210.54 a month. That's what it costs for rent. Lord have mercy. This is why I keep asking y'all to pray, Lenore. So instead of making him brownies and meals and everything, you just say, look at him. You just look at him and go, Mike, not today. I got to pray for the church. And you just go on. <laughs> then you have lights and electric and water and insurance. Huh? Oh, yeah, and we, we got put on a budget with all that stuff to help out. So there's $7,000 a month right now to run this building. Look around again. Y'all looking around? Okay. All right, so 70, can I say 7500 a month? Or? Okay. So $8,000 a month. We're just having a little business meeting now. I'm done preaching. So about $8,000 a month is what it takes to run this little operation that we have. Well, she said, we need to talk about this gateway thing. And get, I said, Debbie, I, I want to, but I don't really know because I don't. I didn't know until the other day when she told me how much money was in the bank account. Because I don't look at money, I don't touch your money, and you do not pay me as a pastor. Amen, preacher. That way you, ain't, you can't tell me when to leave and go. Can't tell me what to say, what not to say. You didn't hire me. So with that being said, I said, well, uh, she said, Rocky, we got, I said, how much? I need to know. This isn't nothing, this isn't something we hide from the church, so I can tell you, and it's okay. We don't hide it. If you ever want to know, all you got to do is go ask David or go ask Charlie. They're the two elders in the church, and they oversee me. They'll be glad to tell you. There ain't nothing to hide. She said, there's 27000 in the bank. I'm scratching my head. I said, what do you mean in the bank? Oh, that's before we pay everything in it? No, that's after we paid everything. Right now we're over 40000 but we'll be 27000 when we get this paid. See, y'all don't understand it. I cried. Y'all don't get it. I cried. And I'm going, well, we can get the sign. <laughs> I mean, I figured sign was going to run us a couple, two or $3,000, but I, I didn't want to go and take it to nobody and go, hey, I was actually considering paying it for myself. Just so we get the sign. And, and she told I went, well then, look what the Lord has done. See, you don't listen to me. I'm just looking back a few years ago during COVID. 
probably really thought the boys here were going to suck. They don't need to hear all that faith talk. <laughs> Seriously. When churches were being shut down across the country during COVID because people wouldn't go to church, they didn't understand the importance of being in the house of the Lord. Well, it wasn't that and they didn't go to church. They didn't pay either when they didn't go. Because yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't there Sunday, so I didn't get fed, so I didn't pay for the meal. Anyway. And having, having, to, having to come here and go, Lord, more will, more will be done. And you know, if the door is going to shut, then we have to accept that. We didn't understand the fate of where he was taking you. And I'm sure everybody did during that church. You know, you just, you don't understand. But. How many of you were here through COVID? Look around. Look around. Not many. Not many. Go ahead. But God persevered, and, and the word that he has kept giving us is the harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. We just have to be diligent. And I keep telling him, we have to keep reminding ourselves that when we were called in the ministry that she keeps telling me not god she tells me reminding us that we agreed to what the lord called us even if it only meant changing one person's life that that was our our sacrifice and i can i tell you anybody that has served the lord for You're crying. They can't get the excitement out of your crying. So don't, don't tell me. So y'all, y'all don't. It's all fair. It's y'all. It's family. Hear my heart through this. Hear, hear my heart through this. Because when she's talking about those years ago, she was working at the hospital. I was big boy. I was going to work for ourselves. We going. 
hoping to make $2,000 in the month. Building big things. Man, we was. And then working at the church. And then it was some of this and some of this. At the church full time. Be at the church full time. And we full time pastors. See y'all don't know a lot of the things that went behind. She don't know some of the people. Because I didn't want her to get mad at them. But I was ready to punch people in the throat. Because you're. You're the pastor. You're full-time. You need to be here full-time. I said, okay, I'll go full-time, but you're going to pay me full-time wages. And I took them. Sometimes we do things the right way, or the right thing, but we don't do it in the right way. See, the the Bible even talks about don't go choking the oxen out. (laughs) It's talking about not paying your pastor. I don't want your money. I ain't going there. I don't care if you ever pay me another nickel. But in that time, I'm dealing with that. And then I start watching the church dwindle because people are looking to scratch their itch. And I wasn't the one. So everybody started, don't don't preach on sin because that offends me. Well, welcome to Gateway, (laughs) right? Because then it dwindled. Because there was a time when we were full there and full up here and children everywhere. But there was that time. But as things started going, I start looking. And the first thing that I said was, don't pay me. We'll get through it. I don't want no money. Don't pay me. So we stopped getting paid. In the meantime, I'm still, now I'm having to go work. (laughs) Build a business. Barely taking care of what we had to take care of. Worried about this. Worried about home. Worried about it all. But we decided we wouldn't quit here. And now I'm at a point I don't have to, I don't stress about finances here. I don't stress about finances in our family because I'm watching God do something on the backside and pull her away from the hospital and go, no, you just go work and both of y'all just go do it. And now here she is running the businesses. Yeah, that's right. My wife bad, boy. (laughs) My wife bad. But here she is heavily involved. And I'm able to sit and watch because of what we've done and what we fed in. See, y'all don't think about anything like that. But I still tithed on what I was making out there. And I looked at it as I tithed 100% here. Because I said, here, I, God. You got 27,000. Y'all not listening to nothing. Y'all got $27,000 in the bank. That's not accounted to a bill. Don't walk up in here nonchalant. You better walk up here knowing that God's steering the ship. He's taking you somewhere. I want to go along for the ride. I don't want bickering. I don't want complaining. I don't want the fighting back and forth. I don't want the backbiting. Don't want the gossiping. Don't want the sin-filled church. 
I don't mind the sinners. I don't want a sin-filled church. The sinners can come. And they will come. And you better be ready and be on guard. But I'm telling you stuff like this so that it will build your faith. I mean, God's done stuff that's... There's no reason this little... There are other churches out there that just bought a church that have 120-some on roll and they're struggling to make the mortgage payment. And their mortgage payment (laughs) is a little less than $8,000. Could you imagine what we would do with 120 people if all 120 people were the same? See, the sheep make sheep, not the shepherd. So if you invite and you you breed sheep, not... <laughs> look, I said breed. If she looked up, she looked up. Not that kind of way. But if y'all would make sheep, see, you have... Your testimonies is going to drive somebody else. The goodness of your, the goodness of God in your life, will be your testimony to somebody else. And when they see you living the way that you're living, they're going to want to drink of that same water. Because they're going to look at something. Look, y'all be honest with yourself. We couldn't do anything we're doing right now. If it had not been for God. You'd already lost your sanity. You'd already killed somebody. And I'm talking about me now. I'd already lost my sanity. I'd already shot somebody. I'd already quit. That's why I said when she was praying about God. Your will in the church. I was, if you want to close it down. you close, I'm going. Boy if he'd have come up me on the wrong day. It'd have been over. Because I was every Sunday going. Lord just shut her down. It ain't working. See, those are seasons that I fought through you didn't know. That's why I ask you to pray for me. Y'all don't know what I struggle with. You, you don't know what I fight every night. And when I sit and look at it, I've breath of fresh air when Catholic people come. It's, you know, when I, when I see Methodist people go, oh, I get it. Or Presbyterian people go, that's it. See, it's when I see that. That's when I know something is happening. But the numbers can go with it. But I don't know why we went all that far. I just wanted to tell you about going to Gateway. How much is it? Oh. <laughs> Well, if we going to grow the church. What would two more make? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm done with y'all this morning. I hope that I hope that you were able to get something out of something this morning. Because I I don't want us just 
walk out. I just, it's not acceptable to God. Uh oh. Linda? Um, anybody else needing prayer this morning? Body healing, your mind. Shake it loose, and when God has the ability the ability my surroundings and be in a safe place and just say thank you and hopefully not have anything attached to me that tries to pull me out of my my way and my walk because I'm realizing that when we close out today the things that I'm still committed I'm feeling that guilt feeling because I will I'm not married I shouldn't be engaging in certain kinds of activities so I'll step out of that. Y'all ain't listening. Ain't ain't nobody ain't nobody listening. Y'all get it? Do do you get do you understand? There's certain things I shouldn't be engaging in, so I stepped out of it. Not because somebody told her to. Look, I'll tell you, don't don't live in sin. I will tell you, but I'm not gonna come to your house every day and make sure you ain't doing doing the wrong thing. I'm not doing it. That's your business with you and God. But it's see, it's things like this internally when it starts to take place. It's it's this. You don't you don't need talk no more. You don't need talk no more. No nobody else would confess that they lied yesterday. You don't need to be talking about nothing else. Guys, I'm trying to tell y'all something this morning. God is not smiling. He expects us to come to his level. He's not coming back down to our level again so that we make it. He's already done that. Now he says, come up to me.